People come to the San Francisco Bay Area for many reasons, a spectacular natural setting, a sophisticated lifestyle, and unique professional opportunities. Those seeking these qualities will find all that and more at Hacienda, where you can work, live, and grow. A Hacienda location means having the best of everything within easy reach. Whether it's world-class restaurants, theaters, and museums, the best learning institutions in the country, or some of the finest services available. That particularly applies to businesses wanting the best address to have easy access to needed resources, being among the industry leaders, and knowing that you are part of a region that leads the world in innovation. The result, an unbeatable combination that leads to success, and that is what you will find at Hacienda. Find out more by visiting Hacienda on the web at hacienda.org. In 1986, Scott Nees and a few of his colleagues set out to create a business-oriented organization that would help raise awareness of downtown San Jose. Over the next few decades, the San Jose Downtown Association would come to symbolize not only great dynamism in California's third largest city, but also help promote the good work the city and its corporate citizens were doing to enhance the life of downtown San Jose. As is the case with many other cities, San Jose too is experiencing a bit of a setback. But this is all prelude to some remarkable changes coming there over the next year or so. We sit down with Scott to talk about those changes and how the city will help shape Silicon Valley of the future. Scott, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon, Vladimir. How are things? Where do we find you today? I am at the world headquarters of the San Jose Downtown Association. I'm on the 10th floor of our 1928 uh, condominiumized office buildings. We we're so fortunate that uh, we were able to uh, purchase our floor here. I think arguably one of the best offices. It's the, the top floor of this building. I'm looking out at these beautiful green foothills. That's fantastic. I was going to say, I hope you're not calling me from, you know, Texas next to Elon Musk or something. <laughs> that would be really, really tragic. <laughs> that, would, that would not work for a place management organization like we are. We need to be rooted to the place. And of course. As you, would, as you would expect, San Jose Downtown Association, uh, we, we need to be in downtown San Jose. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Um, so, Scott, with that, why don't you give us a little bit of, a, of an introduction into the organization and sort of your role there and kind of how your, your world and the San Jose Downtown Association sort of merged and sort of how long you've, you've you know, been there and, um, you know, what, what role do you guys play in the local economy, public policy, and that kind of stuff? Well, we're a private nonprofit organization. We were founded in 1986 when a few of us walked door-to-door during the transit mall light rail construction, collecting $35 dues from merchants and businesses on First Street to kind of organize the the business community. At the time, there was uh, Fairmont Hotel, the 50 West uh, San Fernando office tower, the Pavilion and the light rail all under construction at the same time. And the, the mythology goes, uh, we, 
we were going to do a sidewalk sale. It was something you did back in the 80s, sidewalk yeah. sales. <laughs> and we all came to work on the day to have the sidewalk sale, and our sidewalks had been removed. And uh, the the government agencies doing the building forgot to tell the business and property owners. So we said, we better get our act together. And we formed a couple assessment districts. So we had our own source of revenue. Uh, so we could take positions that sometimes pushed back against our partners in the public sector. So we represent business and, and property owners in the core of downtown. And our mission is to make a more livable and vital environment in downtown San Jose, be that for visitors, residents, property owners, business owners, and my role as executive director is to lead the organization, and yep. I have been here. Uh, I'm the founding uh, executive director. I've been in this position since 1988. Excellent, excellent. And we should probably uh, take a step back and sort of talk a little bit about, you know, you know, BC, you know, meaning before Corona or before <laughs> COVID, right? And sort of, you know, how things were working then. Um, I would, I would love to just get a little bit of a sense of sort of what the association was, you know, focused on. You guys were obviously big proponents of, you know, downtown San Jose even before it was hip to be a big proponent of downtown San Jose. Uh, but tell us, sort of, you know, towards you know 2015 and onwards, kind of where some of your activities were and kind of how the association was organizing itself and the members, which in this case now are, you know, a lot bigger, right? You have a, you have a, you have a, you have a bigger sort of play field at this point. There was a major transition for downtown in the city of San Jose when governor Brown vanquished redevelopment agencies in the state of California. And when that all went down in 2012, 2013, uh, the redevelopment agency had really kind of dictated on the public side what was happening in downtown. And it took a few years for the city whose skills had atrophied uh, in, in terms of taking care of, of the urban issues that, that redevelopment had uh, led in terms of the development and the planning and the coordination on the transportation projects. And, and so by 2015, in the city was kind of becoming more of a viable partner. And yeah. doing that without all of the redevelopment resources and the assets. And it, the big move that, that really transpired because of the uh, you know, the, the way redevelopment went away is more reliance on the private sector and the third sector, the nonprofit organizations like, right. like ourselves yep. to kind of step up into that void because, uh, as, as we were, uh, coming back from the, the great recession and, you know, San Jose is infamously always short of money because it's, it's so sprawling and we're the only uh, large city in the U.S. that sends most uh, majority of its population to go work in other cities, yeah, which, yeah. which hurts its tax base. So to have this uh, ascendance uh, 
of the private sector playing more of a role in shaping the downtown was was uh, peaking, I would say, right there in January, February of 2020. We were we were all talking about this is going to be the Roaring Twenties for downtown. You had uh, the the Google project downtown west on on the docket to be approved that yep. year. We had in, investors uh, that were coming from other large cities that were bringing some new creative ideas and plans and, and architects, uh, Jay Paul, West Bank, Urban Community, uh, the Opportunity Fund, uh, uh, Urban Catalyst Group, yep. and yep. and of course some of our uh, longtime in investors, Sobrato, Swenson, Adobe, and it just seemed that we were, this was really going to be our time. And then, uh, and then boom, you know, the pandemic has shifted all of our thinking. Yeah. So I don't want to spend too much time, you know, talking about sort of how the pandemic has affected the city. I think like any other city, it's been, you know, drastically affected, right? Um, but I would love to sort of get a sense from you, kind of, you know, we're in this now two years in, right? How is the city doing? How is, how is downtown doing, you know, as you drive through, you know, the streets of downtown, you know, what does it feel like? Well, you know, we're talking here, here today, the, the first week of, of the new year with this Omicron surge. And there's, there's just, it feels like instead of people saying Happy New Year, they're saying, feels like Groundhog Day, uh, the movie Groundhog Day. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems like we've, we've been here before. And there's, there's a, a psychological toll with you know, seeing schools close, closing down again and uh, uh, you know, businesses are uh, pulling back. We've, we're seeing events being canceled. A couple, you know, the museum canceled uh, their, their open doors this weekend for First Friday. And there's, it's a bit bluesy, I would say, right now, uh, with with the, uh, the the energy level. Of course, in any big city, hasn't hasn't returned yet to sure. the the pre pandemic levels. But we are we're off to a real soft start here in in 2022. Yeah. Now. Um I'm sure in, in, in the midst of all of that, there is also, you know, anecdotes of, you know, resilience and change and transformation. Um, you know, do you have any examples of sort of, you know, small businesses or even bigger businesses that are, you know, kind of taking this opportunity to, you know, retool? And we'll talk about your organization also, but just in terms of like, you know, the, you know, businesses within sort of downtown San Jose and, and you know, stuff that you've seen that you've heard uh, that's hopeful. Sure, there's there are a number of wonderful uh, success stories during the the pandemic. Many businesses have opened uh, d- despite all odds. Have uh, added staff. There's a number of uh, landlords who've used this time to get into some of the B and C properties and do some renovations. Uh, so there. It's not like things are totally shut down, but that overall energy level has has not returned yet. And not surprising when you when you think about where our hospitality 
industry has ended up, you know, very, very few uh, conventions. Uh, the hotels are, are not full. Uh, many of the offices are, are not back and, and, and probably won't come back. We're obviously looking at a hybrid work situation where yeah. instead of people down here five days a week, they're going to be down here, you know, two, three, four days a week. And at the beginning, uh, San Jose State uh, was was closed for for a whole semester. So as you see, each of these things start to come back for for downtown San Jose because we don't have great density in our downtown. We really need to fire on all of those cylinders. We need people to be at the convention center, business travelers and people in the hotel. We need people back at the university. We need people in the offices. We need the residents. And we started to see that come back at the end of 2021, especially on Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, when when downtown really becomes more of a regional entertainment destination. People starting to come back to the restaurants, yeah. and to the clubs, yeah. the bars, the galleries, the entertainment venues, and it just it just is a bummer way to start the the new year here with with everybody starting to pull back after we it seemed like we shifted gears there at the end of 21. So, so Scott, this is also a big year for the city. Um, we have, um, you know, what, what's going to be a new mayor in the city at some point, right? Um, mayor Licardo is getting termed out. So there will be change uh, coming no matter what. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and that sort of, you know, political scene and kind of how that's affected what's what's going on in the in the city um, and, and just how how that's, reverberated itself through the, you know, local economy. It's going to be a really big chess move year politically for San Jose. Uh, Mayor Licardo is, is terming out and also our downtown council person is terming out and uh, our district one West San Jose seat and our East San Jose seat. So we have uh, four open seats uh, out of 11 on the council and including the mayor. But what I think has flown under the, the radar is we fully expect the Charter Review Commission uh, to come back later this year and put on the November 22 ballot a change to elect our mayor on the presidential cycle. So what that means is the mayor that we're electing this November could possibly be a 10-year mayor for San Jose. They would okay. be elected elected this November. The, the charter gets changed to the presidential cycle. So in 24, they run again, and then they would be eligible. If, if they get reelected as an incumbent twice, they, they could get two four-year terms before they term out. So this possible 10-year mayor has attracted a heavyweight lineup of, of interest. We have uh, Cindy Chavez, who is our former downtown councilwoman and currently Santa Clara County Board of Supervisor member running. Uh, she also uh, previously ran for, for mayor and lost to uh, Chuck Reed. Uh, our current seated downtown councilperson, Raul Perales, our District 10 Almaden Valley Councilman Matt Mahan 
and our Willow Glen District 6 Councilwoman Deb Davis. So okay. three three council members and uh, and board of supervisor member all came storming out of the gate here with uh, with with big numbers in um, the fundraising period just started here in mid December in just a few weeks time uh, more than more than a million dollars was raised amongst those four candidates already so it's going to yeah. be it's going to be really big to the June primary and then uh, obviously nobody's going to get uh, 50 plus one in such a crowded powerful field so we're going to be we're going to be deep in election municipal election uh, battling here for 2022. Interesting. And, and, uh, you know, I know it's too early to obviously make any prognostication around this, but are, are there any candidates or do you find, uh, you know, most of the candidates sort of, you know, business friendly? Um, have, have you sort of heard what some of their, you know, platforms may be? Um, I'm not asking you to sort of specifically call out anybody, but just, just sort of, you know, from a kind of a high level point of view, um, does it seem good for San Jose, you know, who is, who is running? Well, obviously, all you've got all four of the top contenders for mayor of San Jose are uh, currently seated politicians and have track records that voters can can look at. And I've been a longtime subscriber of of looking at this, like most of the other Bay Area cities, is is it's moderate. And progressives, it's like a lot of our our uh, other other cities in in the area. The uh, we lean left on almost all of our social issues and on some of the uh, issues that a lot of my members have interest in tend to be a little bit more moderate in in center than on the progressive side. So voters, I think, are going to have very clear uh, choices at looking at, at the progressive and, and moderate candidates that are running for, for city council and, and for mayor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, what about you guys? What about the downtown association? Are you guys uh, going through a transformation? And I, I, I kind of, I'm sort of you know, asking a question here that I know the answer to a little bit, but I want you to expand on it. And one of the reasons that I love to ask this, this, uh, you know, question, because you're running an organization, I'm a business person, I'm of the belief that a really great time to expand and change and transform is sort of during, during a downturn, right? And this is a downturn. And I'm curious if you can just sort of give us a sense of what, what, what have you guys been up to um, as an organization, uh, and, and, and how are you looking into, you know, the next decade of, uh, your work? Well, we were one of the first, uh, organizations to kind of grasp how serious and, and long-term this, this pandemic might be and made a swift move in, in 2020 to not only cancel uh, a couple of our major events, Music in the Park, it's a concert series we've been producing for uh, more than 30 years. And we have a big downtown ice rink too. And when we shut those down, uh, we work with the Knight Foundation that gave us a grant to uh, bring some consultants in and allow us to do 
rather than call it a strategic plan, we called it a stabilization plan that we finished in August of, of 2020 that kind of laid out a path for our board and our members to do kind of exactly what you were you were talking about, just uh, using this as, as a chance to really think about ways we can come out of this the, these dark times stronger. And yeah. for, for our organization, there's, there's uh, three major things that are, are going on. One, we have a property assessment district. Uh, we have a PBID, Property-Based Improvement District, which is through the state of California, that allows us to have assessments on property that we use for our groundworks program and keeping downtown clean, safe, and beautiful. That district expires in 22. And so we started working a year and a half ago on re-envisioning how the PBID is is what we call uh, this district, how it can best serve for the next decade. So these these are uh, districts that are put in place for for a 10-year maximum term. And uh, we have we're ready to go with our management plan. We're going out to petition later this month and looking to renew it with uh, a expanded boundary with more services, including services that are going to address one of the major concerns our, our members have around the unhoused population. We can talk more about that if, if you'd yeah. like. Yeah. And so the PBID renewal is the, is the one big thing. The second thing is we saw how volatile uh, it was to be reliant on event income, sponsor income, when all of a sudden you couldn't have any events. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like I, I just know like, a little bit about that business too, Scott. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I know what you're so, talking about. So, you, you know, you go right to zero all of a sudden. And, and right, of course, right. we had great empathy for so many of our, our businesses, whether it was the other uh, arts and culture groups that, that got shut down, whether it was movie theaters, whether it was the Sharks, uh, concerts, you know, every everybody, you know, the hotels, and uh, we're all in the same boat on that. So we thought, well, do we really need to be the producer of this? So we have uh, worked to find uh, other producers, and uh, we are transferring uh, our major event productions. Uh, we're transferring these assets, and we're still going to be doing promotions and events and marketing on behalf of downtown and, and our businesses, but we're looking at doing it in a way that is more focused on, uh, I would say, the B2B work. And, and one of those was to yep. start with refreshing our own brand as, as an organization. And then the third thing is uh, succession planning. So I've been here since the, the dawn of time, since uh, the beginning of the association. And uh, we put in our stabilization plan a year and a half ago that it would be a perfect time to transition the leadership of this organization with the new mayor, with the new downtown council person being elected in November of this year. And so my expiration date is prior to that, to that time. So we are going to be uh, uh, 
launching a national search for the next executive director of, okay. of the San Jose Downtown Association. Excellent, excellent. So that's that's a lot of stuff. And one of one of the reasons I'm I, I was sort of asking about downtown and what you guys are up to, and uh, you know, the you know election later on this year is I wanted to just kind of set the stage a little bit about you know what is going on in downtown San Jose. And there's a lot going on. Even though you said the year started off a little bit kind of you know bluesy, there's there's a lot of change that I think will will come through through the city over the you know next couple of years. Um, so with that in mind, as you know, you and I know our focus is, you know, commercial real estate, the perspective of a, you know, developer is always longer term, right? It's not about what's happening on the ground now, but what will happen there in five years and 10 years, 20 years from now. So run us through some of the activity on the ground, you know, who's building, what's going on. I know there's a lot of projects that got sort of through the pipeline. Not every one of them is obviously, uh, you know, breaking ground, but there is quite a bit of stuff going on, right? Yeah, there are some cranes in the air, and there are there is actual building uh, underway. And uh, I have to uh, begin by giving a, a shout out to uh, Adobe. So Adobe has their world headquarters in downtown San Jose, and they are building a fourth tower that has uh, that topped out a, a few months ago, and they are. Uh, they're working to button that up and they have a big knockout panel that is visible from San Fernando street where they're looking to have a bridge going pedestrian bridge that would connect their first three towers to this new fourth tower that, uh, uh, is, is almost a million feet. Just this, this one building, which you can't right. miss right there on yeah. highway 87. And, uh, we've got a number of other projects that, that are underway in some housing, some commercial, a number of, yep. of uh, rehab projects. But what I, what I would point out to the, the registry uh, listeners and, and readers that, that really was kind of flew under the radar to me a little bit was how remarkable it was that the project known as Downtown West, which includes uh, Google's 80 acres on the west yep. side of downtown. Yep. This is kind of around, people know where the San Jose Sharks play at SAP Arena in the Deardon train station. There's there's 80 acres in this area that uh, Google got approval for earlier uh, or last year. 7.3 million feet of office, 4,000 housing units, 25% of those affordable, 15 acres of parks and open spaces. And we fully expected that after that approval, there's a period of time where the lawsuits get filed. (laughs) And, and, And not a single lawsuit uh, on, on Which the is envir- remarkable. On the envir- that is absolutely it's, remarkable in California, I think, right? It, it, especially for such yeah. a massive project. You figure there's got to be a preservationist or environmentalist or uh, affordable housing or, or you know, the equity advocates or the sharks on parking. You know, somebody's going to come forward and, and, and challenge the, the EIR. Isn't that what happens in, in right. all big, <laughs> right. in big and little projects in California? And, and this, this, this project was so incredibly well conceived 
and the outreach and the way that it was designed and and kind of co-created with with the community uh it and now it's like fast track because we're not in this limbo while yep. you work while you work through the the courts and and usually these these suits just gum it up and 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 take time they don't usually stop anything but uh we're able to begin work on downtown west this year and, yeah. and you're going to see some of that and of course big big plans with west bank uh a big firm out of canada that made a lot of headlines the the last year working with uh, a group called urban community in the downtown that picked up five different sites there's one big site on Park Avenue which is adjacent to where Jay Paul is building one of the big cranes in downtown is a uh, about a million square foot office building that Jay Paul's got underway and immediately next door to that is uh Park Habitat which is one of West Bank's projects another yep. commercial project that we're hoping will break ground and uh, and there's a whole host of other both residential and commercial projects that have been entitled and right right we're just we just want them to move from being entitled to putting a shovel in the ground yeah and and i would say people often forget i mean you don't but i think people who are not in downtown every day the san jose state is right downtown san jose as well and they've gone through some um, evolution also. They have some new buildings uh, up on their campus too, right? Um, so they're kind of a, you know, a big contributor to some of this evolution as well. Oh, for sure. And sometimes you don't know what you have until, until you missed it. And, and with uh, the, the initial COVID shutdowns and the campus closed, it, it really made such an incredible difference downtown when when the campus reopened for the fall semester in 21 and we had the students come back and it was it was such a shot in the arm and, and not just you know we have uh, high school downtown and we have uh, other schools too but having having the, the campuses open back up uh, made a real difference especially for uh, uh, you know some of the evening businesses in the sofa district and a couple of yeah. the, the the places adjacent to the university and and you're right the university is one of those places that has a crane up right now they they finishing up a uh, science building that uh, just looks really beautiful and uh, they're always adding to their downtown campus yeah yeah one other one other project that I'll sort of I think people tend to forget because it was approved some years ago, uh, but Apple has 84 acres just north of downtown, right? That's, that's right sort of there as well, you know, you know, a couple of miles from, from uh, you know, the center. And that could potentially be a, you know, massive evolution for the city once that gets, gets going too. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, San Jose is, is so large. There's uh, the North San Jose corridor where, where Apple's uh, acreage is that you mentioned. There's also on, on the west side of, of downtown with what uh, Federal Realty is, is doing around Santana Row and, right, and right. Valley Fair. There's uh, there is commercial being built in that area, too. So there's you – know, San Jose is, is – 
is really unique in that it is a very welcoming to development, partly because it's got still has uh, a lot of space. And uh, we have, as I mentioned earlier, this deficit between jobs and, and residents. So if 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 you're looking if you're looking to develop without a lot of the obstacles that that are encountered in in other Bay Area cities, San Jose is the place. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Scott, I'll, I'll, you know, all of this paints a you know very exciting picture um, of what the future brings. I think part of it is we just don't know when <laughs> that future will arrive, right? Um, which is maybe the hardest thing thing about this. But if you could sort of peek into, you know, as you guys are looking for your new executive director, if you guys are sort of trying to sort of set that person up for success and think about sort of what some of these initiatives might be around downtown going forward, how, how would you describe those? Like, how, how would you tell somebody who's interviewing, let's say, for this job, here's what you have to look forward to? Well, they are going to be left with some mad assets. <laughs> we we just got a, a five year grant from from the Knight Foundation, which we call the Beautiful Tableau, which is going to be focused on strengthening the connections in the core of, of downtown. Because uh, you know, frankly, the downtown West and uh, the work that Google is going to be doing that's going to be under construction, and we in the next five years we really want to make the connections between the San Pedro Square, the Sofa District, the Historic District, Little Italy, the areas that we have in the core, and and have the uh, uh, connections, the gaps in between the activity centers filled in a little bit more. So that's that's very exciting that we have this uh, grant support. We're looking to renew the, the PBID to make the investment. We're working with our friends. At, uh, it's been a tough couple years for our transportation agencies. So the Valley Transportation Authority, the VTA here, which is uh, uh, developing the plans for the BART subway that's going to go through downtown. We have been a big supporter over the last 20-plus years of trying to bring BART through downtown San Jose, and the bid packages uh, for the tunnel and track work were, were just received last month by VTA. We're, we're anxiously awaiting uh, to, to see if, if uh, it's still in the budget here, and, and we can start making the move on uh, bringing the, the BART subways to fruition here, which we think is going to be a tremendous long-term investment for bringing uh, people to and from their residences, from their uh, offices, and making that connection with with the rest of the Bay. Um, as we close this conversation, Scott, I would I would love to ask you. You know, this has been your baby for so long. You were you were you know part of this organization and downtown San Jose for a better part of the last thirty years. Um, if you can highlight some, you know, key moments, some exciting moments, some memorable moments that, you know, meant a lot to you, what would those be? You know, there, there are, uh, there are a couple really important moments that we've had as the downtown association. And, and one of the, one of the moments I remember uh, very, very clearly is at 
one of our music in the parks. This is back in the the early uh, 1990s, and was just walking. It was beautiful June summer evening, and the jacaranda trees have got these these uh, uh, lavender blossoms going, and it just smells good, and the sun's shining, and it sounds real good. And I'm walking in the back, and uh, the concert we happened to have that day, the artist was Southside Johnny, and he's playing some slide guitar note, and I'm, and I'm hearing it differently because it's bouncing off of the Tech Museum, which had just been built, and I thought to myself how the city is always changing, and it's never done. And, and that's true of any city, not just, just San Jose. You never plant your flag and say, ta-da, downtown has arrived. It's always going to be evolving. And, and the greatest thing and, and best memories that I have are the volunteers, the board members, the staff members that have worked throughout the decades to help make downtown San Jose a better place. That's great. Scott, uh, where can people find more about uh, San Jose Downtown Association? Well, whatever their browser of choice is, just type in Downtown San Jose or San Jose Downtown. We come up first on all the search engines. So our, our website is a tremendous portal into all things downtown. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Scott, always a pleasure connecting with you. Stay safe and uh, look forward to learning more about what's you know 2022 going to bring to San Jose. Thank you, Vlad. Thank you for listening to the Real Perspectives podcast. Stories like these help us shape our understanding of the industry, and we appreciate you taking the time to listen to it. Please follow us on any app where you get your podcasts and tell your colleagues about us. Thank you in helping us spread the word about our work and the industry that is changing the face of business.